You seek the key, but first you must learn the ways of precision, craft and performance with Acura's all-electric ZDX. With a premium Bang & Olufsen sound system, up to a 313-mile range, and A-Type S variant with an estimated 500 horsepower, their ZDX is the most powerful SUV yet. Unlock the energy when you visit Acura.com to order yours today. You're listening to NBC Sports Radio. Sports Radio. Weekends. This is the Two Robbies Football Show. Your number one source for Premier League football on NBC Sports Radio. Now, your hosts, Robbie Musto and Robbie Earl. Hello and welcome to the Two Robbies Football Show here on NBC Sports Radio with me, Robbie Musto, and him, Robbie Earl, where we talk all things Premier League. Now, the focus in match week 12 in the Premier League was in Leicester and the King Power Stadium, home of Leicester City Football Club, where Vishay Siwatana Prabha, the owner and chairman of Leicester City, and four others lost their lives in a tragic helicopter accident two weeks ago. Now, it's the first time, of course, that the fans are back there and can pay their proper respects to all concerned. We want to start the show with some post-match interviews on what it was like today for those involved in the match, namely former Leicester City player Chris Wood, but first the Foxes manager, Claude Puel. Claude, a very emotional occasion this afternoon for everybody concerned. How would you describe it from your perspective? I think uh, it was a, a fantastic atmosphere and difficult also with a lot of emotion uh, around the game, uh, before, uh, during the game, after the game. It was uh, a full game uh, also with a lot of chances, a lot of quality on the pitch without uh, the success, but uh, we... Uh, we were unlucky uh, to, uh, today, but I'm, I'm proud of, about uh, uh, the player performance because they play with uh, their heart. Uh, they, they gave uh, their best in this uh, situation. And uh, of course, it's a disappointment uh, at the end uh, with absolute to win, uh, to win this game. But uh, I'm proud about our performance to, uh, to honor our chairman. And uh, yeah, it's, it, it was important to... Uh, to give uh, to give our best and uh, and uh, it's, uh, it was a lot of emotion uh, today. Yeah. Chris, as a former Leicester player, can you describe your emotions today? I feel it was one that was uh, quite difficult, and especially for the for the home fans and the home players. Um, it was a day uh, to remember a, a wonderful owner and a, a guy that was so instrumental in this whole city. Um, my time here was a, a fantastic occasion and I was lucky to know the guy. There were some special tributes organised by the club, wasn't there? There was, and it was a nice touch and it's definitely good. Um, he's got a legacy and I know Kuntop uh, will keep it going. I think the first thing, Rob, you have to say is um, how perfectly handled this whole mm. occasion was. It just had the right feel about it. Uh, credit to Leicester City Football Club in what must have been the most difficult of weeks where from the beginning of the week we saw the, the players and, and, and the club staff fly out to Bangkok to be at the funeral and to get back then to get their heads on a football match and it's one of those where of course today they would have loved a win uh, to send off the owner in, in the right way but it, it was more than any kind of points and um, you know they started the day with a five thousand to one fan march, five thousand to one being you know the odds for Leicester City to to 
create that miracle in 2015-16 when they won the title. Uh, the fans marched from Jubilee Square to the King Power Stadium ahead of the game. It was a two-minute silence that was beautifully observed, uh, impeccable throughout the stadium. And the, we've seen the jerseys, the floral tributes, the, 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 the outpouring for this man. And, and the thing that stood out to me, Rob, as I was watching today, I thought how fitting it was that, that through the two-minute silence and you, you saw all the... Um, all the uh, the jerseys and tributes to 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 the man that he he was a quiet man. He was a man who didn't chase headlines and cameras and wasn't you know in in newspapers. I mean, he was a man who just worked behind the scenes, worked with his team, worked with the football club. And I thought Leicester City did a, an impeccable job in, in the way that they uh, sent him off today. It, it was it was really emotional, Rob, to mm. to watch it from the studio today. And you know the the white scarfs with the the, yeah. the, the messages on side it, and then every fan holding that aloft. It, mm. it looked pretty special really yeah. and it's so tough to watch of course the owner's son top um, going around I mean it's so emotional for him and for all the players and again it just smacks of a club that is so together right now and so much a family with the yeah. way that that ownership uh, family have taken to the city and all they've done for the city um, as you said just a very fitting way to respect this guy and allow the fans to do it as well and a packed house and some of the scenes Robin some of the images of, of oh, those jerseys incredible. and the floral incredible. tributes inside and outside the stadium uh, was pretty uh, pretty amazing mm. I just think it was a, I think Leicester City I think it's pretty obvious now that it's it's a pretty special football club the way it's run the, the respect yeah. that it has now from the rest of football and I thought Burnley as well that they handled mm. themselves yeah um, it's it, it was a fitting tribute and uh, you know and, and really well done in, in such such difficult circumstances and, and, and so my, my final thought just mm. just on it and you're right they're incredible scenes um, mm. after the game with, with Toppy's son going round and, and, yeah. and the love for, for his father but I just got the sense and, and I hope it's the right way and, and this is going to be a long long process at the football club they're talking about a statue uh, yep. uh, of Vishai uh, being at the stadium but I just felt the unity and, and the way that people come together that this might be their first step in the long journey of healing that there's got to be a healing process and today maybe just gave them that first little step into saying okay we've now got to start to, to move on for him and mm. for the football club and, and concentrate on the game which which um, wasn't wasn't the most eventful of, of football games Robin you mm. can understand from the players point of view yeah. the emotion and, and what, what was all going on in the mind and it's one of those where I've never been in a situation like that you've got nothing no. to fall back on there's no manual there's no experience you kind of I, I can imagine that the, the guys were a little bit hollow at times inside just desperate to try and get that win and get that victory I tell you what, though, Rob, I think we've got to give so much credit to both teams because when that mm. whistle blows, yeah. it, it I don't know what it is, but it, it, it switches off. The players have to be absolutely focused on the game of football. And I, to be fair, Rob, I thought they were. I thought it was yeah. a pretty good game of football. And when you talk about transitioning and moving forward now, you know, I looked at that football from Leicester City. Now, I know they didn't score. I know it was nil-nil, but good chances from Damari yeah. Gray and, and Jamie Vardy. But I looked at some of the football that was played. And if you kind of, if you just think back... I mean, remarkable to win the Premier League. And also, by the way, the way that they're changing. The team is changing yeah, how it's new, playing. New manager, they yeah. control the ball. Mm. It's attractive football. They create some nice nice opportunities. And again, credit to, to the ownership and the direction of this club mm. that they, they, they want to progress in terms of the entertainment and the style for their home fans. And again, it, it wasn't 
full of chances. No. But I, I just thought, you know what? Leicester City now are a really nice footballing team. I, I really like Claude Puel and, and what he's done at other clubs and what he's trying to do now with the younger players and the style. And I actually enjoyed the game as well. There uh, was some pretty nice football out there. Yep, I, I totally agree. And I think we all were kind of wishing, hoping maybe yeah. for just that last goal to, to give us that, that moment that would really uh, uh, have ignited the, the, the stadium. But it wasn't to come, but a, a fantastic day. And a fitting send-off to a man who no doubt has left an indelible mark on the city of Leicester. Next up, we'll talk referees and Chippy Charlie. You don't want to miss this one. You're listening to Two Robbies Football Show on NBC Sports Radio. We'll be back in a tick. We're talking sports 24-7. Yeah, it's a lot. That means we're always on. Welcome back to the Two Robbies Football Show. Now, for incident controversy, there was only one place to be today in the Premier League, and that's at St Mary's Stadium in Southampton, where Southampton played Watford it finished 1-1 but let's slowly Robbie or just talk mm. our listeners through to what happened here because there was a lot of incident a lot of mistakes and a lot of drama now 20th minute uh, Southampton scored the first goal in this match Manolo Gabbiadini a striker scored from a corner kick there's a little bit of uh, uh, ricochets around the box he tucks mm-hmm. it away for 1-0 now at 1-0 the 57th minute into the second half there was a huge penalty claim for Watford Nathaniel Chalaba was taken down in the box by Ryan Bertrand the referee waved it off uh, no penalty awarded so just, just let me stop that right there Robbie mm. you saw it yeah. was this a mistake or did the referee get it right with a no call neither terrible decision mm. Terrible decision. I mean, yeah. I just can't see any reason how that's not a penalty kick, Robbie. Uh, Bertrand comes in, he clears Chalabar out, he gets the leg. I mean, I'm not even sure he gets anything of the ball towards the end of, of the mm. challenge. I mean, it, it, to me, if, if, if you want to look at, at a 100% penalty kick, right there is the incidents with, with Chalabar. So, you know, for And from also, Rob, that, I think that, was a, that would have been his. Uh, it would have been his second yellow card, by the yeah, way. Yeah, so it changes so the whole flow. That was a huge flow, moment. Yeah, changes the whole flow of the game. So certainly, from that point of view, Southampton feel that they, they would have felt that they've got away with one. Then Robbie Musto. Mm. Let's move to the 66th minute, when Southampton, who struggle for goals, struggle for wins under pressure, manager, work a situation, get the ball to Charlie Austin, who takes a shot that's going towards goal. Yoshida is viewed to be in interfering with play. The flag goes up um, because he's supposed to be deemed as interfering with the goalkeeper yeah. and the goal was ruled out. Now, yeah. I have to say, and I think I, you, you did on, in the broadcast this morning, I don't think Yoshida is impeding the, the goalkeeper. I don't think the goalkeeper doesn't get that ball mm. because of the position of the Southampton defender. I'm, again, your take on that, I think you're... you're down a yeah. similar road? Yeah, I mean, Yoshida, just to be clear here, Yoshida is definitely in an offside position Correct. as Charlie mm. Austin strikes the ball. Mm. But when you get, we get all these fantastic angles in the Premier yeah. League now, he is offside in, in that, so it's okay to be in an offside position unless mm. you touch the ball or you Correct. interfere with play. Now, interfering yeah. can be in the in the line sight of the goalkeeper, so you Which can't see wasn't. the shot definitely because wasn't. he's in line. He wasn't, and no. then he's not stopping the goalkeeper or any no. other player Affecting making a play on the, the ball. Play. Right, yeah. exactly. So mm. that's why you know, and we did um, get in contact with the PGMOL, Rob. Rob, yeah. of course, we can here at NBC, mm. and we have that we have that kind of phone call available, and the 
representative there said, yeah, that, that was not interfering. He should have been okay. Now, that obviously <laughs> is, a, is a big mistake. Mm, that would have yeah, made he's... it 2-0 to Southampton, who are desperate for goals Absolutely. and for three points. And at 2-0, you'd think mm. that they'd gone on and win the game, my friend. You would. And Robbie Musto, it provoked a reaction mm. from Charlie Austin, the man who's struggling for goals this season, who wasn't holding back when he was asked about the referee's performance. Charlie, that equaliser must be sickening, is it? Oh, yeah, it's ridiculous. They shouldn't be in the game. They get a point. We, we score a perfectly good goal. Make it 2-0. Game's done, done dusted. We win the game. Officials cost us two points today. It's standard. Explain. Can you explain yeah, why the goal was disallowed? They said it's offside. Hit my. I didn't. I hit it twice. Hit me. Bobbed up. That's why it done Foster. It's a joke. We've gone about var this, var that. Help the officials out. Clearly they need help. Clearly we play in the Premier League, the best league in the world, the most watched league in the world. Give them all the help they need because clearly they cost us two points a day. It's a joke. <laughs> oh, go, go on, Charlie. Charlie. Go mean, on, say, son. Say what you think, Charlie. Brilliant, so, isn't it? I mean, yeah, yeah. first of I all, mean, by the way, I mean, obviously he's absolutely right. We've just gone yeah. through that. He'll probably we, get in trouble, by the way. We don't, we don't see reactions like that from no. players, Rob. Hardly no. ever. I mean, no. wasn't it? I guess it was great Bef- to see that emotion, that honesty. Yeah, because he's, he's an honest pro. He knows how difficult Premier League goals are to come by. He gets one there. You know what it sounded like, Rob? It sounded like... The long, a long-standing Southampton fan who was upset with the way... Mm. It didn't sound like a footballer. Mm. It sounded like somebody on the phone and saying, oh, how can we have these referees? Mm. And, and whether you're a fan, a player, a manager or whatever, we want best decisions, Rob. And, yeah. and it takes us to a bigger point and, and the point where we're going... I mean, this guy today, I believe, his name is Simon Hooper. I think it was his fourth Premier League uh, game ever. And Mark Hughes came out after the game and, and said, you know, th- th- we're at t- the top end of football. This shouldn't be a training ground for referees. And, and I, th- I think he's got a, a really valid point there. That, and I know these might be difficult to get referees the experience, but do you know what? Find another way. You can't be putting guys into these situations. But, but they've, got get ex- these yeah, but they've got to make Premier League, ex- get Premier League experience, Rob. What, what are they meant to do? I, we, Premier League is so fast. We know that. We're so, so competitive. And there's a zillion cameras. So every kind of decision, every play, we get but loads if, of reviews. If they're not right, Rob, they shouldn't be put in. I, I know you've got to find them experience. And maybe that's another discussion or a different discussion. But you cannot put people in that situation who have to make big calls. Calls that can mean mm. you're yeah. staying up or staying down. Calls that can mean you're in a job, you're out a job. Mm. And this guy's had two big calls today. One that would have gone for Southampton with, with, the, goal, with yeah. the goal that he disallowed. One that would have gone against him and possibly down to 10 men. Mm. And Watford might have, have their argument. But this guy's missed the two big calls in a game. He hasn't done his job. Last weekend, Robbio, there was some massive yeah, was decisions them, and yeah. there was lots of talk about mm. VAR. And this weekend, it's continued. Mm. And we, we saw mm. VAR in operation in the World Cup. And I think everybody around the world was pleasantly yeah. surprised yeah. at actually how good it was and how good it felt as a viewer when mm. you see something that's really difficult to spot in real time. And then you get the replays and they, they, uh, they, they consult VAR. It can and be defining, can't it? It can clear it just things feels, up quickly. It feels right when they come to those calls. And I think we all were very sceptical about it. And it's not perfect system right now. Mm. But of course, the Premier League weren't sure about bringing it in this season. Mm. They wanted more testing, um, as they did in the Champions League as well. And I think now, you know, th- get the testing done because this has to come in. And, and this was a, a situation, these two incidents would have been differently dealt with with VAR. And, you know, I just think it's a, it, well, it will come in for the start yeah. of next season. 
Um, and just more example this weekend from those last weekend, mm. that it just has to do that. I actually think that uh, Richard Scudder was probably a cleverer man than we all think because I think erring on the side of caution was seen as the right thing to do. We're almost in a position where 12 games in and certainly I think for the rest of the season, everybody's going to want it, Rob. There'll be absolutely no negativity when it's brought in next season. I think they'll get the testing done. They'll want to help referees. They won't want this situation where, like over the last couple of weeks now, big talking mm. points about referees not getting big decisions right. That doesn't reflect well on the league. That doesn't reflect well on the PGMOL. Mm. And um, I, I think in terms of VAR, the timing will be right. It will be accepted by everybody. Yeah. And I think very quickly we'll start seeing a lot of these things take, taken out. Let's not forget what happened on the 82nd minute. A goal to Watford. Jose Halloas scores to make yeah. it 1-1. And, and the, the points were shared uh, one each. Now that leaves Southampton, Robbie Earl, on eight points. Now, yes. Fulham in 20th are on five points. So, mm. Southampton, they yeah. are bang Three in points. trouble. Yeah. Yeah. And we know that Les Reed, the director of football, is out. I think he's the vice he's chairman, left. was the vice chairman, is out of yeah. the football club. Yeah, How much pressure is on Mark Hughes? Was it's he the right pressure. guy? Is he the right guy? And, and what's going to happen um, over the next few weeks? Having, having kept the team up, there almost seems to be... Something in football that says, "Okay, let's give the guy another chance, the chance to to take that forward." Mm. I think what we've seen after twelve games so far, and Mark Hughes might give us reasons why they're in this position. It doesn't look like it's the right decision, Rob. And I don't think he'll be given. I, I don't think we'll, we'll see anything happen uh, instantly over the next day or two. I think we're talking two or three weeks. And if by the end of November things aren't looking brighter and better for Southampton Football Club, I think they'll make a move. I think they'll make a move to give somebody a little bit of time through December, to give somebody a transfer window and give somebody a chance to keep this club up. Southampton Football Club know they cannot afford to go to the Championship. They're not one of those clubs who you go down and guarantee that they come back up. If they go down, we might not see them for, for, for a few years. Now, in that January window, it's going to be fascinating mm. of who's making the decisions on players. Yeah. I had Southampton to get relegated this season because mm. they, had, they struggled last year. And Dusan Tadic, who was the guy when they really needed him at the back end of last season, that, that created Isn't that and scored though, the Rob, goals. Isn't that worry, though, when you're relying on Dusan Tadic? Well, but they, but they did. And, they, and he's gone. He is gone. And mm. Elianusi, uh, a new yeah. player that's come in, was yeah. going to be his replacement, the guy that's going to get goals from wide areas and attacking areas. We've seen a little bit of encouragement for him, for, but mostly, mm. no. So they, it, it just common sense says, <laughs> this team's going to struggle. Danny Ings well, was a good signing. And with well, a different manager, I absolutely yeah. believe that they can pull it around, but that Lamina, might have to Romeo, Yeah, I mean, there's decent players. Bertram, Cedric Suarez. Yeah. I mean, there's Good decent goalkeeper. players. Red, Redmond. I mean, there's more than... This team should be better than, than, than sitting down in the position then. This team should be better, Rob. And, and, and I hate when teams almost, you know, fans almost say, that, that, you know, there'll be three worse than us. You know what? You should get relegated if you're, you've been in the Premier League as, as long as Southampton and you're relying on three t- teams' business. You should have enough ability within that group to play enough football to get you enough points to, to stay out, out of the bottom three. But um, listen, there's plenty of work for Mark Hughes to do. And it was a day when it was the sad Saints who were certainly not happy bunnies after those refereeing decisions. Next up, we'll talk some Spurs and the new steely side to Pochettino's men. It's keeping them in the top four. I'm Earl, he's Mosto, and together with the two Robbies on NBC Sports Radio.
Nice. You survived the break. You're listening to the Two Robbies Football Show. Your number one source for Premier League football on NBC Sports Radio. Welcome back to the Two Robbies Football Show with me, Robbie Musto, and him, Robbie Earl. Now, Rob, let's go to South Mm. London and Crystal Palace. Massively struggling at the moment. To be fair, they're in the middle of a very difficult run against some of the best teams in the Premier League. Spurs went there today and Mm. won the game 1-0. Really good sign from them. It's not as though Spurs are playing their best football, my friend. But I tell you what, you look at the league table, they're fourth right now on 27 points. And the others play tomorrow on Sunday, but they're still getting the job done without playing great. And there was a scare at the end. But in yep. general, I thought today there was a little bit more control mm. in a place that I know there's been very little success for Crystal Palace. But Palace aren't bad. But Spurs got the three jobs, uh, the three points today, and I thought they looked the part. Yeah, today, Rob, as I was watching the game, and obviously we were game, we, we tried like a little note. So I wrote, Spurs look like. They're going to get the job done. Not that they're not going to get the job done, if you know what I mean. So I, I was a little surprised when they, they, you know, Palace get a little chance, and that's pressure, and that's the last few minutes, and 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 Sirlock probably should do better with with this shot. But there's there's something that it feels a little bit of a mentality change, and and it was interesting. So I I, I went online just had a quick look. So the last few results: one nil against uh, Palace, three two against Wolves. Should have been 3-0. 1-0 against West Ham. 1-0 against Cardiff. 2-0 against... You know, they've had odd goal wins. They've not Mm. been brilliant. They haven't had great football. Mm. But they're getting the job done. And, and, you know, in the past we've said, Spurs just don't quite get the job done. So, football will get better. I think it's interesting that the... You know, I looked at the team today. There's probably... You could argue four... Certainly four or five starters who, who didn't start the game today. People who, who would be in, the, in their first 11. So there's been a bit of a mix. There's been a bit of a transition in terms of players through injuries, through, through form, etc. Um, so I, I think Spurs are in a, in a good place because I still think there's more to come. I think we're seeing a little bit of that steely maturity that we've been asking the question about for a while. Mm. And, and you know what? Sitting top four in, 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 a, in a season where, you know, Teams like Chelsea improved. Teams like Liverpool improved. Teams like Arsenal improved. They're yet again being top of the f- top four picture. They've got the best away record mm. in the Premier League. They've only sort played of, yeah. four games at home due to the situation with their stadium not yeah, being let's ready. Let's not mention the stadium. We've had, we've had well, it. I think we should mention it, Rob, because they've got to make up these home games. Now, if those yeah. make-up games in their new stadium, and I know it's a huge if, if and when if, the heck is if. it going to be ready? I get mm. that. But yeah. there's no question that when they do start playing in their home stadium, mm. those fans are going to be ridiculously oh, excited yeah. to be there. It's going to be packed out. The pitch, I'm sure, is going to be brilliant from day one. And the players and, and everybody connected with the club are going to get a boost. Now, if they keep keep with this form, particularly mm. away from keep home, keeping. and still try to keep uh, pick up points from Wembley because it, it's not a great place to play at the moment with the state of the, the pitch and the fans getting fed up of travelling to, to Wembley Stadium all the time and not their real home. If they can stay in there, as you said, in this kind of region of the league and get yeah. those games at, uh, uh, at the home stadium, you know they, they could do good things this season. You're right. There was a lot of talk about Spurs not bringing any players in in the summer mm, window. Yeah. Um, but, you know, Christian Eriksen is back. Deli Ali is back and happy. Yeah. Signed a new contract. So so there's plenty of rotation as there has to yeah, be at this football club. Moore is scoring goals. He's scoring right? goals. Lamella is scoring dangerous. goals to help you know, Harry Kane. Son will, will score goals. Deli Ali will Harry score Wink goals. Christian Eriksen. So... 
you know, th- there's been a lot of negative or, or you know, not not sort of thrilled with what's happening at Spurs. Yeah. And, and I, in some ways, you get it because they haven't been playing some of the best football, but you've got to respect the results right now. You just Absolutely. have in a situation where players have been in and out a little bit. Harry Kane's still getting his numbers. He isn't looking mm. sharp as we've seen him, but he's still scoring goals. Yeah. And this was a this okay. was a good three points for him today. Good. Yeah, absolutely good three points. And um, I agree with most of you said, but I've got to be honest, Wembley, I think that's going to be the home for this season. I no, think that's something that they'll have to not. deal with. Wembley, I'll mention it again. <laughs> I tell you, I just want to mention a couple of individuals. Uh, Toby Alderweireld, get him on a contract. Stop messing around. Yeah. He's too important to the football club. He's too... Listen, to get a centre-back that you know, knows this league, can play in this league, can dominate in this league, there's not that many of them about. Get him signed up. Moussa Sissoko, by the way. Bit of love for Moussa Sissoko. Who, who um, mm, yeah. did okay today, by yeah. the way. When more of a central Dembele missing more central, did yeah. okay. And um, credit to um, Pochettino in keeping uh, Foyt in the team, yeah. and it comes up good for him. It could be very easy to drop the kid after last week. Two penalties given away, and you know, bring in some experience or change things around in every way. But that's what I think. That's one of the skills of Pochettino, the way he works with young players, and I think he he, he understands what the feelings are and you know in some managers we say you know in times Jose hammers people and, and expects you to come back you get the sense Pochettino just thinks it a little bit differently just want a quick line on Crystal Palace Rob because again the striker situation mm. you know mm. Alexander Sorlock gets an opportunity to, to get something out of that game not late. good enough Rob he's 13 million dollars right? he's not good enough no he's, he's not. not good enough he's not good enough we, 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 we've been asking the question we know now he's not good enough done mm. uh, uh, Jordan are you no. Not good enough. He can't run yeah. anymore, Rob. He took somebody on down the side. He, he can't run anymore. Mm. Yeah. I mean, they, they. I think they're going to be okay. I still... You know what's crazy about this, Rob? When I watch them play, by the way, I think they're a decent team. Yeah, I think the they're well-organised. The they work hard. They've got a little decent bit about some of the players. players. They are totally lacking a striker. January, they're another one. Shouldn't be relying on three worst teams. They're better team. No, they are better than that. They've got to get a striker, haven't that. they? January, they've got to go for somebody. January, when do it, I'm afraid. Get a couple out if you have to. You, you won't get the money you've, you've paid for some. Go and get a strike. The problem is, Rob, how do you get one? Where do you get one? Mm, I know. It's going to be very difficult. But but for me, th- th- there's it's not a relegation-looking team for no, me. Not uh, yet. But, not yet. But, but, let, let, yeah, of course. Let's get the other side of Christmas. Yeah, mm. I know. Let's move quickly to Cardiff, Rob, because I want, I want to give them a mention. They, they've got a two-win victory. give them some Cardiff love? I'm going to give some Cardiff love. Uh, Sol Bamba, who had a nightmare time. for the goal conceded initially. Then he gets yeah. a winning overhead kick. It comes off the, the post and all that, and he sticks in the back of the net. I've got to say I was close to, to giving uh, Neil Warnock a lot of criticism because I wanted to see the ball bashed in the box a little bit. That's what they did last year. That's what got them in the Premier League. And to be fair, they're trying to play. They're trying so, to play so, through. So, so why are you critical of the managers trying to have a go? Or is it is it... Because they they can't. Play, I'm so, yeah. I, I, if they're going to try and go down the, we're going to play football in this division to get out of it. I don't. I'm not sure they got well, the quality like, like to do Fulham. that. Like, like well, Fulham, yeah, I know, I know. But others, others have done it and been successful, and, mm, and maybe I just, it, yeah. they are so different, Rob. They're mm. so different to last what, year. Like, play to your strengths. Well, yeah, that, that's what there was, and they, and to be fair, the last five minutes they mm. bash it in the box. There's a there's kind of a chaos in there, and they get a goal. So. They got their points and, and well done, but going forward, be a bit more aggressive, be a little bit more direct because that's probably your best mm. road to getting results and staying in this division. But 
you know, funny enough, when, I, when I remember the Arsenal games, it was Chelsea. They played really, and they played a couple of bigger teams. And, and to be fair, they've had a bit of a go, yeah, and they have no, gone a bit yeah. more direct, and they have caused people problems. And I kind of would have thought Neil Warnock would like that, understand that. And now, listen, we ain't going to out-football too many teams in, in this league, if, if any. So we've got to do it a different way in our way. And, you know, I, I go back and we, we made the, the sort of link to our, our Wimbledon days. Listen, we made it, no excuses when we went there. We're going to put 25 crosses in your box. Do you mm. want to head it 25 times mm. with big forwards running at you? And maybe that's where Neil's, you know, got to get his basis of his team. Because despite the, the, the result today, they still stay in the bottom three, don't they? Let me just give you, yeah, absolutely. Let me just give you just a quick question, a, a last second question, really. Mm. Does Neil Warnock see out the season with Cardiff? Absolutely does, yeah. Yeah. Whether they go up or whether they stay up or go down, I think he gets the season. Like David Wagner, there's, there's a couple of people, a couple of managers in the, in the league. I think Neil Warnock stays. Do you agree? Or no, do you I think don't. Somebody, I think somebody else. Someone, I think, yeah, I mean, obviously the results pick at, up. At what point? Go, at what point, though? Well, I, I think in the next, in the next, I mean, he's got, of course he's got time. They're, they're, yeah, yeah. They're, you know, there's a win today, et cetera, et cetera. Mm, mm. I just think there's a little bit of a vibe from him that he's kind of, you know what, I, I'll probably be on my last job. I'm going to go into retirement. Mm. It might be if things look dire for them in the next couple of months and they're still in the bottom three, you've got to give somebody else a go at this. Just you just have. I mean, you can't you can't just settle mm. because he's done a brilliant job to get him there, and he's a he's a top man, yeah. and he's got a great record. You, you, you do. I think there'll be a time in this season when we're talking about another manager for Cardiff City. Well, that's going to be interesting. It'll probably depend on how many wins they can get. They've got a couple now, and you know Neil Warnock will believe that he can get a few more. Uh, there's so much good football to come on match day 12 tomorrow. It's a massive Sunday fun day. Five of the big six are looking for three points. The Manchester Derby is the standout fixture. If there's one standout player, though, tomorrow, could it be Raheem Sterling? He's a bit Marmite. People either love him or hate him. We'll talk. Talk about the city attacker uh, when we get back. This is a two Robbies football show on NBC Sports Radio. We'll be back in the mail. We're talking sports 24 7. Yeah, that's a lot. So that means we're always on. Welcome back to the two Robbies football show. Now, before we get to the Manchester Derby, Rob, I think we've got to give a mention to Newcastle United. They won today against Bournemouth at St James's Park, a home match for them, 2 mm. 1. Uh, Salomon Rondon getting both goals. That's two goals for him now. I so think that he is going to be the guy that's yeah. going to keep them out of relegation trouble. I know he's not a big, glamorous, big, sexy name to come into the club. I know mm. the number nine shirt is heavy at Newcastle United, but I, I just think he can do that. And, and just, just to kind of justify my reasoning to have them outside of the bottom three, I didn't think they were going to go down last year. I was aware yeah. of all the situation mm. with the ownership. But I guess I put it like this, Rob. They are good enough, as they've just shown, to go on a run. They're good enough to go on a run of two, three, four games and get victories. I just think they are. I'm not sure there's other teams that are down there that are good enough to win back-to-back or maybe three games on the spin. They've got two games on the spin right now. They've got Salomon Rondon, the big guy, back in. He's only made five starts, by the way. He's had injury issues. Um, That... And looking at the team of the Jose Perez, who's starting to score goals now, is a pretty steady team. This is better from Newcastle United, isn't it? It's better. Um, I'm not going to be quite uh, as positive as yet. Yes, they they, they have the ability to go on a run. 
mainly because of the man who's charged, Rafa Benitez, who's a difference maker for them. I know you talked about Rondon and mm. on the pitch. He's going to be, be so, so important. Mm. Um, but I go back to Rafa, actually, uh, about three, four weeks ago, Rob, when there were, the, things weren't going well. And, and I think they were, they were down there at the bottom, bottom one, bottom two in the league. And he said, we're going to be OK. We'll be, we'll be mid-table and, and somewhere. Mm. He, he believes in what he's got. He believes in his work. And mm. yet again, back-to-back results for them. Rondon in that number nine... Um, Black and white Newcastle jersey, I mean, is uh, something special. And, as you say, with Rafa in charge, you have a chance. Manchester Derby, Sunday, 11.30am, mm. NBCSN. Raheem Sterling has signed a new three-year contract extension at Manchester City, mm. committing him to the club until 2023, and a deal worth up yeah. to £300,000 a week. Now, mm. just to get some tweets in, Robbie, I did tweet yeah. out to say, what does everybody think? How's he doing? What's his development? Mm. You start us off with some of those. Yeah, I had a reply from Robert. said, I'm uh, really excited. He shows there's some truth that uh, Danny Alves said about Pep's coaching. Uh, we all know about that. Without Pep, he would have been good. Now he can be great. And Todd Alex Huber Jr. said, I remember Sterling when he started at Liverpool. He's finishing and mentality has improved loads. Still wish he hadn't moved, but it's worked wonders for him. Yeah, Riley Yid tweets us to say, cheers to him. He's always been made a villain for chasing money and glory. Media's always tried to tear him down, but he's a good lad. Many trophies later, the investment from City looks to be a good one. And just quickly from Vital Germain, simply writes Rob, he could become one of the best in the world. Where are you right now on Raheem Sterling? Well, the questions are out there. Is he, is he the best British player in the league in, in form right now? I'll go further, Rob. I think he's the best player in the league right now. Forget wow. British. Forget British. Forget Edin Hazard, maybe. what Hazard's got seven goals, four assists. Mm. He's got six goals, five, five assists. Mm. Playing right now, Rob, tell me a better player in, in, in the country than Romsey. And the reason why Raheem Sterling isn't thought like that, because if this was a James Milner, if this was a Harry Winks, if this was a James Madison, maybe even if this was a Deli Alley, people would be going, playing brilliant football, but... There's a reluctance to praise Raheem Sterling, and I just don't quite get it. You're absolutely right. I totally agree with you that, that there's a reluctance to praise him. I think he has, he has come on as a player. I think he's enjoying playing in a pep system where he has mm. instructions mm. from the manager. Total trust, by the way, yeah. in, from Pep, that he can go anywhere, whether it's wide, whether it's more central. And he is a player that's always involved in the game. He's never shirking responsibility. Mm. The only thing I would say in disappointment, Rob, and, and those out there might say, you know what, yeah, yeah, he's a pretty outstanding player in this City yeah. team, but yeah. get him out of that and he's not the same. I was so disappointed in his World Cup performances for England, yeah, because I thought he could be our, our guy, as you said, one of the yeah. best players in the league, and yet he had, a, he had a poor tournament. Is it just that he's working with Pep? I don't think so. I, I think it, it might take time. What I think Robert mentioned in, in the tweet, Rob, his mentality's changed. Let, let, let me just give you a couple of, of, of interesting stats. One, he's 23 years of age, Rob. 23 years yeah. of age, so there's development to come. Yeah. I want to give you a quick thing on his numbers. 281 Premier League appearances, 78 Premier League goals, mm. 58 assists. Let me mm. compare him with one of the all-time greats, Paul Scholes. 513 appearances, 107 goals, 56 assists. Mm. This guy's numbers, if he continues to play at this level, is going to blow people like Paul Scholes out the water. Now, I know Scholes is different. He wasn't an attacker. Scholes, he was a brilliant, brilliant footballer, mm. one of the best you played against. But this guy is 
got the potential to go to that kind of level. No, he has. I mean, his age, his mentality, his physicality, very, very rarely injured. He's brave. I think he's had so much stick. He's got thick skin now. He can handle yeah. it. And and you're right. Pep, make sure his wide forwards give him production. Goals and assists. And it's totally in the numbers right now. Um, it is a good story. It was a tough decision to leave Liverpool. And I think myself and others were like, you know what he could do with staying at the club? He left and it's worked out pretty well. Yeah, he's turned into the Marmite man. You either love him or hate him. I'm, I'm loving what I'm seeing. I'm loving the way he's working with Pep. And I think it'll be Man City's game will be England's benefit in, in the long run. I'm thinking three or four more years when he's matured, he's going to be ready to go. As ever, mate, we're, we've run out of time. It just leaves us for our tweet of the day. And that goes to Robert, who talked about Pep's influence on the Sterling career. So, Robert, please make sure you direct message your address. And we'll get a two Robbie scarf to you in the post in the next couple of days. Right, Musty. Podcast done. Mm. Get your jammers on. If there are some Wenger ones, that's an even bonus. You need to sleep. You need to wait. We've got a massive Sunday fun day with great games, including the Manchester Derby. And for more drama, discussion and disagreements, make sure you subscribe to Apple Podcasts. Download the Two Robbies show. And finally, for me, thanks to all the good folks at Culver City. You are our Raheem Sterlings. Absolutely. And thanks, everybody, for listening to the show today. And let us know your thoughts as well through social media. We'll take an international break next Saturday, but we'll return with another Two Robbies football show the week after. And make sure, again, yes, that you subscribe to the Two Robbies podcast. We'll be recording another one tomorrow, reacting to those huge games in the Premier League. So until then, everybody, it's good night from me. Good night from him. Good night. Good night. The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. Life is a highway, and on it there will be many chicken sandwiches. But there's only one crispy. so go ahead and hit the turn signal if you know about this juicy gem of a detour.